Welcome to another episode of Singled In, a gathering place for single members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in their 30s and 40s, also known as mid-singles. I'm Oliver. And I'm Lindsay. Today, uh, we're joined by my friend, Kristen Erickson, and she's going to be sharing some of her favorite scriptures from the Book of Mormon that have helped her with dating. So we're excited to hear from her, excited to have her. Um, Kristen, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, thanks. Nice to be with you here, Lindsay and Oliver. So yeah, I'm Kristen Erickson, and I am living in Provo, Utah. I am 42, so I qualify as a mid-single in my 30s or 40s, <laughs> per your introduction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I'm from St. Louis. I graduated from high school in St. Louis, but I grew up in Kentucky, Logan, Utah, Sandy, Utah, uh, but home, I consider home to be St. Louis. I lived in Provo for five years, and I lived in, in the on the East Coast before that. And in terms of my background and my career, I'm a nurse practitioner. So that's my my current profession in a way, but I just took a, a job opportunity at BYU. So I'm teaching in the College of Nursing, and I just started that in July. Wow. That's amazing. Tell us how you, a little bit about how you got there. Are you enjoying the change so far? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So I've always wanted to teach. I think my pretty much whole life I've thought about going into education. So the reason I, I found out about it was I was at our mid-singles word gala last Christmas. So almost a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, ta- I was talking to Sarah Davis, who's the wife of one of our bishopric members, and she works at BYU. She teaches she's on the faculty. So I was asking if she liked it because I've always had an interest in doing that. And she said that they were hiring. So she said, I should look into doing it. So it was actually Christmas Eve when I applied. And then it's a long process, long interview process. And I took the job, um, I think in May. So from mm-hmm. December to May, I was interviewing and oh, man. waiting. So yeah, so that's where I am at Brigham Young University. It's, been, it's actually been really awesome. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah like working with students and yeah yeah awesome. and you uh did not start your career path in nurse pra- practitioning <laughs> is that the word <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah no I did not so I was I was a person that had like four majors in college <laughs> but, yeah and so I guess if there's any listeners out there that are trying to decide their path like I don't I would just say keep going and exploring. So my undergraduate degree was from Truman State University at, um, in Kirksville, Missouri. So I studied art history and I loved that. It was really awesome. So the reason I chose that is I loved art and I really liked the idea of an interdisciplinary degree. And then I also wanted to study abroad, which I did yeah. in Austria. And that was oh. awesome. Oh, wow. And, and then uh, so then after then I served a mission in Venezuela and I came back and I had been, tr- I guess, raised to plan on grad school. I just was planning on grad school. And so when I came home, I was a little bit lost because I didn't know what to do with art history. And I always tell the story because when I started looking for jobs, I called what I thought of as my dream job position in, that I'd seen in the classified section of the newspaper and that said art assistant so I was like imagining Michelangelo and I'm passing the paints up to him or whatever you know (laughs) but I called the number and they answered and said Bob's tattoo parlor 
And I was like, art assistant, got it. Okay, well, <laughs> I don't know if that's quite what I'm going for. Anyway, <laughs> I, read the, I read this book along the way called What Color Is Your Parachute? And I yeah. honed in on some things that were interesting to me and I knew I wanted to help people. And I liked the healthcare field. But before I got there, I looked through the entire graduate catalog at, at BYU because I was living in Pro at the time. And I picked five majors, like five, actually five programs grad school programs that were there and they were like geology business public health and a couple others I can't remember anyway so I settled settled on public health didn't get into the program well I was like wait why didn't I get in why didn't I get in and they were like well you have no experience at all Uh like that's true that is true so I did this program called AmeriCorps for the medically underserved of Utah oh cool and that was serving people that didn't have insurance and needed to see specialists and um, like met a certain poverty level in terms of their income so I was coordinating these appointments and going to these appointments and I really loved doing that and I wanted to be in the clinic so then I decided I wanted to become a nurse practitioner did did classes prereqs for nursing school for you I went out to Baltimore as a Johns Hopkins for my second degree bachelor's and master's in nursing and so that's how I became a nurse practitioner and I practiced in primary care pediatrics for 11 years until I got here so so it's just it's a journey you know but I think I think what advice I would have for someone else is to just be open to a lot of different things, talk to a lot of different people, mm-hmm. try to see what your kind of core interests and values are, and then just try something, just go in a direction. Don't be afraid of change. Don't be afraid of change. Embrace it. <laughs> Embrace it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I think, you know, I still, I was talking to Lindsay today about some art ideas. Like I still just like love it. And I think that can, I can always have that on the side and then earn money in another way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. I feel like having a creative project on the side is really helpful for me too. Cause I just feel like I've never had a job that like totally fulfills everything for me, you know? Yeah. 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 It is nice to have like a creative outlet. So if you can find that outlet and you like it, you do what you can Mm -hmm. to keep doing it. Right. Yeah. Okay. So Kristen, you are working on uh, your own podcast. Do you want to tell us about that? Sure. So everyone can tune in once it's going. We, uh, we're just still recording episodes and getting them edited, but it's going to be called Everybody, or it is called Everybody. And the premise of it is that all of us, anyone on earth has this thing in common, which is we all have a body. And whether you're in the healthcare field or interested in health or not, you're going to interface with some compromise of your health. And so there are things that you learn. So you're going to have experiences on your journey and also hopefully gain appreciation for things about your body and also gain appreciation for spiritual truths and different things that you can learn maybe in no other way. And then also bring awareness to different conditions and things. So I'm just interviewing people about their, what's happened to their body. <laughs> so stay tuned. <laughs> and have you, have you started that yet or? Yeah. So we've recorded two episodes and we're just in the editing phases. Cool. Yeah. Good luck. I love it. Nice. I feel like, yeah, bodies are something that are seldom celebrated, but as someone who's like gone through some health challenges over time, like bodies are incredible. Like, yeah. So, and healthy bodies, especially are really amazing. So yeah, I love that you're just like celebrating bodies and yeah, but it's like sometimes, this, 
uh, I was gonna say, especially like the spiritual aspect of it, like our bodies are given to us from God and they're just like this gift. And it's something that we're gonna want forever, like into the into the resurrection, we're gonna wanna have these bodies. So mm -hmm. yeah. What were you gonna say about it? I was just gonna say that some um, sometimes you only appreciate things when you lose them. Yeah. Yes. So so We've like my grandmother, before, yeah. yeah, like that she lost her vision, but you, you just take it for granted. You really do. And so you're like, oh, dang. So I hope that people can learn to appreciate the wonderful things about their bodies before they lose them. Yeah. <laughs> I love you it. know what I'm saying? While they still can enjoy them. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Good luck. I love that. Well, before we dive into our um, podcast topic, let's go over our get to know you question. Okay. So Thanksgiving is two weeks away. Is it two weeks away? Yeah. No. It's in two weeks. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. And well, by the time we release this episode, it'll be like a week away. So. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. There well, you go. Even more reason to bring this topic up. Everyone watches, you know, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Um, what is one of your favorite parades to like to go watch and to go see? Or what, what was like a favorite parade that you ever witnessed? Yeah, so what comes to mind is Provo. So I really do like their, I think it's the 4th of July parade, although it probably has a different name. Yeah. But when I, the last time I went, Chuck Norris was the master of ceremonies or whatever they call. <laughs> he was like in charge of it. He was the lead. So I just feel like I felt like that was epic, you know, to have the <laughs> parade. That. Just feels like there should be jokes and there probably are jokes. And if listeners have jokes, please let's hear all the Chuck Norris jokes. Oh my gosh. How did he become like such an icon that way? I don't know the history. Like I feel like he was before my time or something. But... Have you never seen Walker, Texas Ranger? Oh, is that why like oh, such people a good love show. him so much? Yeah. Such a good show. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll have to check it out. That's what about you guys? Fun. Favorite parades? Oh man. I feel like Provo does do a good job with stuff like that for mm -hmm. sure. Um, I did get to go to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade last year. My sister lives in New York City um like a mile from like not a mile a block from the where the parade is hmm. and so her husband got up at like 4 30 to like save us a front row spot and it was epic like oh, <laughs> I loved I it so much just the balloons were amazing it was also like a beautiful day that helped a ton and there's like people just like throwing confetti at us non-stop hmm. we had confetti hmm. everywhere just like paper confetti hmm. And we had like her little girls there. It was so fun. I love also, it. I will say, I got I do love like the small town parades too. Like my parents live in Southern Utah and there's one in like Santa Clara or one of those little towns outside St. George. I remember my mom's clogging group was like participating in it. And it was like so fun, just like the small town because it's going through the middle of town. Mm -hmm. so everyone's involved yes. and it's got like so much yeah. like local yeah, flavor yeah yeah mm -hmm. that's great yeah what about you Oliver I, I would say that a small town uh parades I have my parents and my sisters live in a small town and so for the 4th of July or for Pioneer Day the 24th of July we would go and watch the parades and it's it's just so fun to see like um like fire engines and like guys on horses and like yeah. one time a tank yeah <laughs> wow. like, we, don't, we don't see that here in vegas no we have parades i'm sure we, we do we do but like 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 you said Lindsay, there's just something like special about like a small town yeah. parade that's going down mm -hmm. main street it's yeah so much fun. it's like the high yeah. school marching band yeah mm -hmm. exactly 
I feel like Vegas is like the antithesis of small town. Like mm-hmm. there's just nothing quaint about it. Yeah. <laughs> <We're just sad. laughs> Sometimes. Not even us. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> okay. So Kristen is going to share some, I'm excited to hear from Kristen. Um, she's awesome. She's been a good friend over the years. She's like always planning fun things or just doing cool things with her life. But um, she is going to share with us some Book of Mormon scriptures that are that have helped her with dating. But also she mentioned to me that she keeps a spreadsheet of all the dates she goes on. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Oh, sure. Yeah. So I think I can't help it. I am a historian at heart. I just, I like to gather data. I like to gather information. Like looking here on my bookshelf, I have all these journals and I just write my journal every day and I have since I was young. And so at the back of my journal, if I would go on a date, I would just write down the name of the person. And so one day I decided to compile all of the names of the people I've gone on dates with and I put them into a spreadsheet on Excel (laughs) spreadsheet. And then I realized like, oh, I can sort this by like alphabetically. So then I sorted it and it's pretty fun. So I, uh, yeah, I guess I just do it for the joy of recording history. (laughs) I love it. But so, what number are you on? Oh gosh. I mean, it's, I don't know if it's like depressing or fun to know that, but it's like two fifteen or something in terms of like men I've gone on dates with. So like I was clarifying this with Lindsay. So for example, that I think there are like four or five errands, but it's not like I didn't go on a date four or five times with Aaron, but I went out with like four or five different errands. So each yeah. name is like a different person, not like how Same many dates person. we went on. Does yeah. that make sense? Like the number of days, I don't even know. Who knows? But um, but it's been great. I've had a couple of times when I've been set up with someone and then I told them like, actually, we went out 10 years ago <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I could look up because I had like their name and their the date that we went out the first time. So so it's pretty, it's pretty fun. And so then I know what, uh, what letters, what letters I'm missing out of the alphabet. (laughs) Out of the alphabet. Oh, are you you trying to collect all the letters? I mean, at this point, I'm like, I want to find my husband. But at the same time, I'm like, but if you know anyone with the letters O, Q, U, W, or Z, I would go on a date with them. I love it. So, we, we will send them so, to you, Kristen. So I will not read the whole list. I sent, I did send it to Lindsay, but I will not read the whole thing, but I'll give you a flavor for it. And yeah. I'll just read maybe the first two letters. <laughs> so, okay. Aaron, 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 Adam, Adam, Alan, Alan, Andrew, Andrew, Arthur, Bailey, Bartley, Ben, 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 Bill, Bill, Brad, Bradley, Bradley. Do you, get, do you get the sense? So that's just yeah. A, and, a and B. <laughs> so I don't want people to feel uncomfortable with me like sharing their name, but I do want to say it's just like my nerdy way of documenting life. And also any men on this list, I just want to say, because maybe some of you are listening. I just think, thank you for being part of my life. I love you're, it. You're not forgetting. Yeah. And I feel blessed. Like, I don't know, I, when I get to the end of the list, because, you know, it's kind of long, I'm like, people might either feel exhausted for me or like, worry about me to pull like worry about me because I can't pull it together and actually just get married to one of them or maybe they might feel happy that I've gotten the opportunity to know 
so many men. And so I don't know, I feel like a combination of all of those things. For sure. Yeah. And definitely, I, yeah, I echo the gratitude sen sentiment, like just so many cool guys over the years, right. you know? I feel yeah. like if everyone kept a track like you do, I feel like we would all have roughly the same numbers. Probably. Like I know too. We've all dated each other. Like a lot, yeah. So, but I feel yeah. like I think we it's have, a lot. Yeah. yeah. I think I we've know. all gone on like, if not that many days. At least a hundred at yeah. this point. Yeah, for sure. Or like met that many. I don't know. But I I do acknowledge that not everyone goes on as many dates, or some people go on way more dates. So it's like it's not a competition. It's all I'm it's trying not. to say is like, it's it a journey. Depends. It's a journey. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. It's like enriching in some ways, depressing in other ways. But I would say overall, like I feel super blessed. <laughs> so, I love it. And I, oh. Oh, I was just gonna say my brother wants me to publish it as a poem. <laughs> but, oh, I, but I told Lindsay I want to like. I'm, I'm brainstorming about doing actually an art installation piece. So, which I think would be kind of cool to create a visual experience and an interactive experience with like dating. I love it. Yeah, I think that would be really cool. Just like to really understand like the volume of it, you know, in a visual form. Yeah, yeah. that'd be impressive. Yeah. It really is like such a good like data set, you know, like, I don't know if you're collecting any other information, like reading the date or whatever, but like, I wonder if there's a way to like compile all that data and be like, I have now found out who my perfect man is based on like, <laughs> a composite of all these guys. Or Sounds like I need to hire you to do some data analytics. <laughs> I, I don't have, I mean, no, I just have the name and then the first date we went on and then more details are in the journal nice <laughs> i love it this is an interesting concept though because when you when you first said it it, it, it is very interesting because like when i read the scriptures my first thought is how can i apply this to dating yeah okay so how hmm. did you like can make that connection you said your first thought is not no, it's not that yet. yeah oh, oh, okay I see. Yeah. so we're we're kind of segueing into my other topic which is like the scriptures yeah. yeah so I mean you know how Nephi and Isaiah well when Nephi's talking about Isaiah he talks about likening the scriptures to ourselves but I think it's it's not like I necessarily was trying to but it just feels like such a a topic that's on the forefront of my mind a lot of times uh -huh. and so i I have learned that you can get answers to your questions in the scriptures. So when President Ir or Elder Irene was called as an apostle, someone suggested, suggested that he buy an inexpensive copy of the Book of Mormon and then just mark it with scriptures that related to his calling. Mm -hmm. And so that really stuck with me. So a few years ago, this is, I think, when I lived in Baltimore, I bought a copy of the Book of Mormon, like a blue inexpensive copy, yeah. and then just marked it with the things on my mind. So I had markings for like my job, my schooling, my calling, my dating, like different topics like that. And I would just mark them. So then I found that to be so useful. And I would just flip through and like read the dating scriptures sometimes when I was trying to have some guidance. And then I realized it was kind of hard to flip through it. So I created a document in my phone and I just call it the Book of Mormon as a comfort and guide in dating. And so it's been awesome. Like I feel like they say to, to use the scriptures to, to find questions to, in your life, but really I've been super blessed to find guidance and comfort from the Book of Mormon. And I think part of it is probably that the spirit is, you feel the spirit when you're reading the Book of Mormon or other scriptures. 
So it invites the spirit and you get inspiration, but also some of the actual text in the Book of Mormon has been really helpful to me. I love that. And so when I, are you publishing this book? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting because part of me wants to just only keep it to myself because it's really, you know, personal. It feels special to me. And I feel like even in this kind of talking about this, I'm, I don't know if everyone will get the same thing out of it. And they shouldn't probably, you know, because everyone has their different issues. But I really would say and challenge anyone to try it, you know, not just take if I did publish a book, it would kind of take it away from people that gift of that experience mm -hmm. but at the same time I do think it's kind of fun to see what kind of things the scriptures say to us you know yeah so yeah. I'm happy to share some of them do you want to hear like yeah. specifics or? yes please okay all right so I have a few and I just maybe I'll start with just like three so besides I was I was talking before about how the the spirit can teach us and that's in the book of Mormon several times about how in Alma they were led whithersoever they were led by the spirit of the Lord and that second Nephi the Holy Ghost will show you all things what you should do so that's just kind of the spirit guiding us but I'll, I'll start with kind of a really personal experience and I'm going to share this just hoping that maybe it's helpful for someone else but it was just interesting because it just shows how personal sometimes the scriptures can be. So uh, let's see, after I graduated from Hopkins, I was engaged to this guy. And uh, anyway, as things kind of progressed, he ended up calling off the wedding, which is a whole nother story, but it was obviously like a difficult time. And I was feeling a lot of things. One was not comfort. <laughs> so yeah. it's just really like, it's just hard to, to feel peaceful about it and trying to move forward and then feeling like I was not chosen, you know, like instead mm. of being chosen, I was like explicitly not chosen. And then feeling mm. this kind of sense of loss of, of like a marriage partner, but also like future family and kids and feeling like, oh, that's like all of that is just sad and then wondering what the future held and then somehow I can't remember how if someone shared this with me or I stumbled across this scripture from 35 22 so mm -hmm. I'll just read it and I think it'll be pretty clear how it would have felt for me at this time so this is quoting Isaiah actually and I'm going to change the end because they talk about different like gemstones which are like agates and carbuncles which mean not nothing to me so i'm gonna i'm gonna take the liberty to share so that the visual comes through okay uh and then shall that which is written come to pass sing o baron thou that didst not bear break into break forth into singing and cry aloud thou that didst not travail with child for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife saith the lord fear not for thou shalt not be ashamed Neither be thou confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame, for thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth, and shall not remember the reproach of thy youth. For thy maker, thy husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth shall he be called. For the Lord hath called thee as a woman, forsaken, and grieved in spirit, and a wife of youth, when thou wast refused, saith thy God. For the mountains shall depart, and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee. O thou afflicted, tossed with tempest, and not comforted, behold, I will lay thy stones with fair colors, and I lay thy foundations with sapphires. I will make thy windows of diamonds, and thy gates of emeralds and rubies, and all thy borders of pleasant stones. 
anyway, that was pretty special at that time. So I just read that over and over feeling so comforted by that. So that was one example of how the Book of Mormon really spoke to me. Yeah, I like, I mean, you're reading quite a few different verses in second or third Nephi 22, but um, yeah, it talks like specifically about a woman forsaken and yeah, there's like some very specific mm-hmm. language in there that could for sure be applied to. Right. Yeah. So, like, like yeah. not, you know, barren, not someone that did not travail a child. And then also like that the hus thy husband for now is the Lord of hosts, you know, and uh-huh. then yeah, like a woman for, forsaken when you were, that was refused and then thou afflicted tossed with tempest and not comforted but then the, these promises of this beautiful future mm-hmm. so yeah yeah the beautiful gemstones and- so that's not going to apply to every mid-single but that's just an example of how like I went to the scriptures looking for comfort and guidance and then saw that and that yeah. was like so beautiful to me Love it. so a- another um like more generalized scripture but I feel like that it can apply to to many of us and that has been helpful is from Alma 32. And I've heard this mm-hmm. compared to dating, <laughs> but oh, okay. he, he, he says thirty-two twenty-eight. Now we will compare the word unto a seed. Now, if you give place that a seed might be planted, maybe planted in your heart, behold, if it be a good, uh, true seed or a good seed, if you do not cast it out by your own belief, it will begin to swell within your breasts and you'll, be, and when you feel these swelling emotions, you will begin to say within yourselves, it must needs be that this is a good seed for beginneth to enlarge my soul. Yea, beginneth to enlighten my understanding. Yea, beginneth to be delicious unto me. So I think that's probably pretty straightforward, but this idea has helped me because you have the, like, I don't know, you come to relationships sometimes with so much anxiety, or at least I mm-hmm. do, and like kind of worries or like, is this my person or is this not my person or not? You know, mm-hmm. but I really love this idea of just taking the, a person uh, as if they were a seed and create like a nice pot of soil and just plant it right in there and then just let it grow, like mm-hmm. just see what happens. And if it, if it's growing, it's like, okay, this is, this is kind of going somewhere. So mm-hmm. it's kind of late in my dating experience that I've learned this, but it's, I feel like a gift that we can give to each other and also so helpful. And it feels so secure to just say, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're my person, but let me like plant this relationship and see what happens and just let it grow and not neglect it, like not cast it out by your own belief, but like mm-hmm. let it grow and just see what happens. So I really like that. Yeah, I love that. I feel like that's something I've definitely been working on a lot in dating. Um, not like, yeah. And I, and I love the idea of like planting it and of course you're nourishing it, but you're not also not like pulling it out by its roots or whatever mm-hmm, infected mm-hmm. or whatever you're just like letting it um giving it time or whatever I feel like I've been do- trying to do that with my current relationship just be like mm. okay I, like you know I met this person online like obviously we're not gonna have an amazing relationship from the mm-hmm. start like there's a lot we need to like figure out together but can this grow into like something beautiful yes. and just give yeah. it time to like let that happen and let those feelings grow. Yeah. I definitely in the past have done a lot of like on like, you know, very early in the dating process, like, okay, am I going to marry this person? I don't know. Probably not. So I'm going to break up, but like, you don't know, you know, (laughs) gotta give it some time. And like, Mm -hmm. instead of asking, am I going to marry this person and be with them forever? 
it's the question maybe should be like, do I want to go on another date with them or yes. do I want to see them next week? Sure. Yes. Okay. Yes. We'll go from there. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. And is it growing? It. And mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we can sometimes get to the end and realize that, that maybe that's not, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Like sure. gonna, gonna work out or whatever, but I think, yeah, trying to not preemptively decide that and just let it, let it grow. Uh-huh. Feels like, yeah. Really healthy like way to protein. I like that comment about not like just let it grow or let it flourish on its own. Mm. Lindsay, you said something about how like when it comes to growing plants, you're not constantly like pulling it out of the soil because if you do, that it's going to die. So you just mm-hmm. got to let the mm-hmm. plant sit there and let mm-hmm. the roots grow. Mm-hmm. It's also like I love watching cooking shows mm-hmm. and they, they always say like if you put like a cake in the oven and you keep opening the oven door to check on your cake all that heat is going out mm-hmm. and it's not going to cake it's not going to cook all the way through because you keep opening that oven door and all that heat is it's detrimental to your bake yes so yeah. I think there is something there is something insane like you don't constantly have to like check in like how, 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 how are you doing? Like, how's the, how mm-hmm. should like, what, what can we do? I mean, it is good to do that, but at the same time, you just got, you got to be natural about it and just let it do its own thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. You don't have to necessarily be asking yourself on every date. Is this my future yeah, person? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Don't like, don't question it. Don't make like these rash decisions after a second or third date, just enjoy it and let it grow naturally and see if it's going to flourish or if it's going to um what's the word wilt shrivel up and die. I, have a, I have a guy friend who's a mid-single I gave him a hard time once because he was like I'm just looking for someone like my sisters I just love them so much and yeah and I was kind of like but how long have you known your sisters? <laughs> really long time. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. Like obviously the, a person you just met is not going to have, you're not going to have the same feelings for that you have for your siblings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless, yeah. unless you decide to put in that much time to right. get to know someone. Yeah. yeah right. You got to give it some time. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. And it's a gift that someone could give to us, right? Like we all want a chance to like not be under so much scrutiny, but just to be enjoyed right? yeah. at, the, at the beginning. Yeah, that's a huge human need to just be understood, like for who we are. Yeah, I felt that before, like, you know, times when you're misunderstood or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's like the worst. Yeah, you just want people to see you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or, like, the ways you intend to be seen. seen Absolutely. I guess. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I yeah. think it's safe to say that we all have felt that way. Like, we all have felt like that we've been misunderstood or someone has misjudged us. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I liked your commentary. So well, I'll, so I'll share one more like principle, I guess. I mean, I could keep going, but I'll just yeah. share this other one. So this idea also that we're not alone in our in our experience with this, because that it feels like I can face any trial if I know that I'm not alone, and especially if I have the Lord with me in it. For sure. So a couple of scriptures that I've read from the Book of Mormon that remind me of this one is from First Nephi 21. This says, for he that hath mercy on them shall lead them. Even by the springs of water shall he guide them. And then what another is that? that was, hopefully I wrote it down right, <laughs> but it was First Nephi 21.10. And then uh, Third Nephi 13, which should be really familiar, but behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, 
nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they and the lilies of the field as well? So I think sometimes it feels like, you know, the Lord cares about our many things in our life. And does he care about our dating too, you know, and our relationships? Sometimes I wonder that. But I, these scriptures remind me that he does, that he's with us. And the, the imagery from the first scripture from First Nephi is just so beautiful to me where he's leading us. He's leading us along, even by the springs of water, shall he guide them. And I just have this vision of this very pastoral scene that he's leading us close to the water and he's nourishing us and that we're not left alone. And that it's important. And he cares about the little details in our lives. And mm-hmm. I think some, it's been a source of comfort to pray as I've dated. So sometimes if I feel like I'm in a kind of a complicated situation or I just don't know what the guy is thinking or whatever, I'll just kneel down and pray, pray for myself and pray for him and pray because Heavenly Father knows both of us. It's He has this view of both of us. And that just feels really comforting to know that I'm not alone. And the spirit was giving me a lot of comfort through that. So I'm just thankful that in our lives, no matter what it is, whether it's in dating or in other relationships or our jobs or whatever is going on, that we're not alone, that he is with us. And this is not from the Book of Mormon, but along these lines, there's another scripture from Doctrine and Covenants, 67.1. And he said, behold and hearken whose prayers I have heard and whose heart it's I know and whose desires have come up before me. Behold and lo, mine eyes are upon you, and the heavens and the earth are in mine hands, and the riches of eternity are mine to give. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that just, that we're not alone. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, these are, yeah, really beautiful imagery throughout all these. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I guess, okay, I got one more. And then- yeah, please. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, the one that's after this is kind of tied into, um, another book of Mormon scripture. So this scripture from Doctrine and Covenants is helpful to realize like what part is mine and what part is the Lord's and then also the essential role of our agency. Mm. So Doctrine and Covenants 123, 17, therefore dearly beloved brethren, let us cheerfully do all things that lie in our power. And then may we stand still with the utmost assurance to see the salvation of God and for his arm to be revealed. And then um, 2 Nephi 10, 23, therefore cheer up your hearts and remember that you are free to act for yourselves. Mm. That alone just feels awesome mm-hmm. to realize there, like what we can do, we should do and what we uh, do, we should do with all our hearts and to choose it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I love, I love those principles and they feel empowering. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. One of the great things about the scriptures is that everyone could read the same scripture, mm-hmm. but everyone has a different perspective of that scripture. I totally agree. And yeah. so I, I love that you went into this uh, reading these scriptures and then recognizing how you could apply this into like your own personal life, whether it's like dating or whether it's like career or like making a change in your life or in the future. I just think that's really, that's really like cool that everyone has like their own view and their own perspective on like how a scripture mm-hmm. speaks to them. Yeah, totally. 
Well, I'm going to ask this. You can cut it out after if you want, if you want, but like specifically for you, Oliver, because our journeys are different because I, I know you've said on here that you're a gay member of the church. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, like if there have been any scriptures that have been from the Book of Mormon or otherwise that have been really helpful in, in giving you guidance or comfort. Um, I haven't, I mean, there's that one scripture and I, I feel like it gets mentioned like all the time. I was actually looking at it earlier. So in second Corinthians chapter two, I think it is. Yeah. Second Corinthians chapter, oh, sorry. Chapter 12 verses uh, seven through 10. It, it's Paul and he's talking about the infamous thorn in his side. Mm. And a lot of people have mentioned like, oh yeah, that's, that's like a weakness that Paul has. And a lot of other people have mentioned like, oh, it's probably because he had like maybe a thorn is like his same sex attraction or like, oh, maybe it's because he has like a weakness. So like this is that, that scripture particularly like always like comes to mind when it comes to like reading the scriptures as a gay man or as a member of the church who has same sex attraction, because I always feel like that's the one scripture that gets like quoted the most. But I feel like that scripture can be used for anything, not necessarily if you have same sex attraction, but it could be a weakness that you have, or maybe you have like um, an addiction that you're trying to get over. Maybe you have like an illness that you just can't, it's something that you have to live with and it's something that you have to like learn to um, deal with in your own way. But I feel like that's the one scripture that comes to mind where it's in, in my in my mind, I would interpret it as, okay, yeah, everyone has a thorn in their side. Everyone has a weakness that they have to overcome or a burden that they have to learn to live with. Not necessarily like have to deal with, but what they have to like live with and how are they going to continue living with this thorn or this burden in their life. And you can do so in a positive way or you could you can do you can live life with that thorn in your side in a negative way and so i think it just depends on your perspective and how you choose to treat it yeah i like how you said that like that it i guess because that scripture seems to represent it in in a negative way but even if it's just like a reality that you're living with yeah like it doesn't need to be positive or negative just like this is what you're like having yeah, to, yeah. To, to, to walk with. Yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I don't want to put you on the spot, Lindsay, but I'm curious if anything's mm -hmm. come to mind for you, like any scriptures that have been helpful to you. Or... I was thinking about that as you were sharing yours. And I want to say, I really love all the different scriptures that helped with um, the idea of like seeking personal revelation and making decisions based on that. So I think my experience in dating has been that God's never like told me who to marry or anything like that. But if I like ask very specific questions, I can get answers like, how do I handle this situation? Mm -hmm. I'll get ideas for how to manage it. And so I think like yeah. this is up to me, but I think God can definitely be like a great partner in terms of like um, coming to those conclusions ourselves. Um, I was thinking of Doctrine and Covenants. So they have some really good scriptures mm -hmm. on um, seeking personal revelation. What was the one I was, oh. oh the I'll tell you your mind in your heart. Yeah, uh, yes, the one that talked about study it out. Um, mm, yeah. Where is that one again? Yeah. I found it. Doctrine oh, <laughs> and Covenants 9 8. So um, the Lord is talking to Oliver Cowder, I believe, who's one of the like early early leaders in the church. 
wanting to um, get some help on being able to help translate um, the Book of Mormon, I believe. Anyway, sorry if the, that background or history isn't totally correct, but um, he says in verse eight, but behold, I say unto you that you must study it out in your mind, then you must ask me if it be right. And if, it's, if it is right, I will cause that your bosom shall burn within you, therefore you shall feel that it is right. And then he goes on to say, if, if it's not, then you won't have those feelings. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I like especially the uh, concept of studying it out. Um, I think like good revelation comes from good information. And so um, God does expect us to like do our research, do our homework and um, mm -hmm. learn everything we can about this, these decisions we need to make. Um, and then go go to him with um, what we think might be best and uh, get his help moving forward. But I, I also will say I have appreciated the scriptures you shared and we'll, and we'll share um, each of the, the scripture locations, I guess, in the episode notes. But I appreciated the ones that talked about God leading you along because I think sometimes I get super or just wanting to control things, I guess. And <laughs> like, it's just like, <laughs> not going to work when you're like dating and you're, you know, as a mid single mm -hmm. or whatever. And so there's just like a little bit or quite a bit, you just have to like, um, let go of and, and, you know, let God yes. uh, and just like seek out that help from him. Totally. Can I share one more then I'll be, I'll be done. Yeah. This, this can be our party one. Um, anyway, it's uh, Mormon nine fifteen. is about miracles. So thinking of Love miracles it. as like evidence that, that the Lord is working in your life. Mm -hmm. So that can look like different, like what might feel like a miracle to me might feel different than you two, but whatever it speaks, whatever a miracle is to you. And um, sometimes it just feels like, oh, well, uh, too bad, <laughs> too bad. Everyone else got miracles in their life, but not me. But anyway, <laughs> this is, this is Mormon 915. And now, oh, ye that have imagined unto yourselves a God who can do no miracles, I would ask of you, have all these things passed of which I have spoken? Has the end come yet? Behold, I say unto you, nay, and God has not ceased to be a God of miracles. Hmm. So I truly believe that we can all have miracles in our life, and the story is not over yet. Our lives are not over yet. Our journeys are not over yet. And when we watch for them, we can see miracles. It may not be like the answers to our prayers in the way that we want them or that we would write the story ourselves, yeah. but I really believe that God can work in our lives and is working in our lives and that we can see miracles which is seeing his hand in our lives so i'm gonna keep reading the story and seeing how all of our lives unfold see what miracles the lord has for us yeah i like that i also i also like to add or want to add that the scriptures weren't made just for like married individuals the mm -hmm. scriptures are for everyone mm -hmm. whether you're married single um gay straight mm -hmm. it's for every it's for every person who is interested to learn more about the gospel. So whoever is willing and ready to read the scriptures, they, whoever they are, they can get inspiration in their own way from reading the scriptures. I agree. Totally. And the, in the same vein, when I read this and it's like miracles, well, what is a miracle? Like, is the miracle that we're hoping for like marriage or what else could be a miracle that shows up for us? And mm -hmm. if we're too blind, we may not see it. Yeah, I was thinking about that because I was going to say initially, like, I feel like every time somebody gets married, it's a huge miracle. Like, <laughs> like, how did that happen? I don't know. But it's a miracle to us. Yeah. But like, is that mystery the miracle too. out there? No, right. absolutely not. Just like living a full abundant life is also a miracle. So, yeah, I think that has been my biggest takeaway from this um, 
is just like, again, revisiting the scriptures with the approach of like looking for things to apply to my specific life or to my specific like situations. Um, yeah, I think there's definitely more that can be done in terms of likening the scriptures to myself. And I like the idea of, you know, getting a new copy of the Book of Mormon and just marking it up, you know, highlighting different colors um, when you find different things that you're wanting to get more like information or insider piece on. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. And, and also like speaking of the scriptures being applied to our own lives. I mean, we have our own scriptures. We have our patriarchal blessings that we, yes. can, that yeah. we can refer to as well. Yeah, that's a great there point. have been so many times where I've like read my patriarchal blessing like over and over and over again. And whenever I do, I always catch something new because mm. back then I wasn't in the same situation that I'm in now. Mm. That's a great point. So yeah, we have, we have those types of scriptures to look to as well for reverence. I love yeah. that. We should do an episode on patriarchal blessings. We should. Yeah, there's a lot in there. Yeah, <laughs> a lot to unpack. <laughs> love it. Well, Kristen, it's been so fun uh, and uplifting. I was talking to my parents this week about some of my goals for the podcast, and I think um, I have goals of inclusion, I have goals of being uplifting for sure, um, being real, being fun, and I feel like this was all of it. So, awesome. <laughs> well, thanks for letting me chat with you, and you're yeah. both great. And yeah, I anyone listening, I just hope they'll know how loved they are and that they can find the answers and the peace that they need from the scriptures too. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Kristen.